This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome to the Triple Option, Paul Catalina and Steven Simcox today. And on the screen, it looks like we're wearing matching shirts, but we're not. That's nice. But, but I mean, I, I wore this, sh- this like light shade of purple for you. Well, thank you, Paul. Because you're a TCU guy, and I thought this would be aesthetically pleasing to you, and it it puts you in a nice, calm state of mind to analyze college football in a in a in a good spot. You have glasses. You kind of look like an adjunct professor right now. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, that's what happens, Stephen. They're coming for you, buddy. I know these are that. these are the readers. They're coming for you. I I've told the story a lot, but I did not. I'm not proud of the way I reacted in the eye doctor when they told me. <laughs> I would need readers. <laughs> it was just the late the the nurse or that was in there before the doctor mm-hmm. came in, and um, she was like, "So what's going on?" And I was kind of describing. She's like, "Oh, you need readers," and I was like, "You need readers." She's like, "Got them. I got them. I've been through it all." I was like, "I don't. I'm fine. I'm like I'm four. I'm forty at the time. I was like, I'm forty one years old. Like I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm. I don't need." She's like, "Yeah, forty one. That's when you it that's happens." When you get them. <laughs> she. I was like, "No. I mean, that's for people who are like." She's like. 40. <laughs> I said, and I was just mad. I was like indignant the rest of the time. Didn't go well, but at least I like, I might've found a, a pair that works for me. Yeah. You rock them well. I yeah. It's good. It took, it took some trial and error. I think know. glasses are coming back. That's, yeah. that's my hot take. I just, today. yeah, I just worried. Like, I don't want to veer into like being a hipster where you turn on this mm-hmm. podcast and go like, is he going to talk about college football or is he going to talk about the best play to place to buy bespoke boots. <laughs> I don't... You've got, like, Marvel theories and yeah. craft brewery opinions. Yeah. I'll have to grow my beard, like, way longer. Yeah. Be, yeah, so I, I don't know if I can do that. Steven, uh, yesterday um, we got news of the meetings among the college football power brokers and conference leaders uh, that they are trying to figure out what the model is going to be for the CFP. It's going to be 12 teams, mm-hmm. but... The original plan of six plus six might be out the window because we're down a power conference uh, come next year. Right. So my thought on this is if they go five plus seven, which would be five uh, automatic qualifiers and seven at large, as opposed to six plus six, um, they're just going to tell the mutant leftovers of zombie pack. twelve. Yeah. The zombie pack 12, uh, whatever it's going to be that we don't care what you come up with. You can have an automatic qualifier if you're good enough, but more than likely it's going to be, you know, the the power four and the AAC and then maybe you guys. Right. So, you know, if it comes out. So I I think they'll probably want it going five plus seven. And Mike Oresco of the AAC – said he's kind of leaning that way as five plus seven because now Mr. We all need to be included has found the spot where <laughs> he's in the club. <laughs> he's in the club and he's like, well, I like get crazy here. You know, he took his glasses off and sitting at the lunch table with the cool kids. <laughs> yeah. Like all of a sudden it's like, wait, well, I mean, <laughs> let's not water this thing down now. <laughs> I'm not sure everybody needs to be in. Well, I was talking about everybody. I just met the people I'm in charge of <laughs> my friends. I don't care about anybody else. So what do you think they should do? I actually am of the mind. I would just like to see them stick to six plus six and see whatever comes out uh, in, in the wash. Yeah, I'm fine with six plus six. I mean, it's hard to say because as you laid out there, well, like we don't know what's happening mm-hmm. with the West Coast and the Pac-12 specifically. But I mean, even if, which I know this isn't likely at the moment, but even if it becomes a Mountain West Pac-2 sort of merger, that's pretty on par with the American schools that are going to be left over. Yeah, uh, and you just see who's going to like you. Everybody would think in that scenario, well, Washington State and Oregon State would have a very clear path to the college football mm-hmm. playoff. But you never know what's going to energize a uh, a university. I mean, we saw San Diego State use some really nice things in basketball. Maybe they can get football moving in the right direction mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Boise State obviously has a, a proud tradition in, in in that regard too. Uh, so I think there's room for six plus six. This was kind of the entire point of mm-hmm. the expansion process. I know the power brokers at the top want to make sure that we get like 
three SEC teams <laughs> or four Big Ten teams, whatever the case may be year by year. But I don't feel like you're limiting the field by adding one extra automatic qualifier. No, and look, I think sometimes the if you just take this year and what a 12-team playoff would be this year, like the mad dash to guarantee that any one league would get more than two teams, mm-hmm. honestly, to me, a bit of a fool's errand. Right. Because then you're gonna you're gonna create a situation where the SEC and I think that they like they're probably a little weak in the knees right now mm-hmm. because right now, okay, tell me three SEC teams that you would put in the playoff of twelve right now. I can get you two, but yeah. like I'll yeah, threes. I'll, I mean, you're flipping a coin for the you're third. Flipping a coin at three. Now I'll give you three three Big Ten teams right now, mm-hmm. but that's this year. You know. Another year might be different. And look, the conferences are all about to get bigger. So, like, yes, you know, three SEC teams, if you want to include Texas and Oklahoma right now, okay, fine. Like, I can give you that. But, you know, any given year, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shift around, you know. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, we talked about also the transfer portal evening the playing field to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that ends up, you know, coming out in the wash as the year goes on. But we have seen an SEC West that looks – more manageable than it has been in the past. Uh, we've seen some group of five teams and even like FCS teams be a lot more talented to the mm-hmm. point that those games against power five level competition to begin the year is a little more even. Uh, and so I don't think it's a huge stretch to think that a charismatic coach with, you know, a good athletic department could come in and find a way to put together a roster that would be on par with some of these uh, major power teams that are typically in the mix at the end of the season. And again, it's like it's it's one extra automatic qualifying bid. I don't feel like we're narrowing the field so much that you're, you know, leaving out. There's there's always gonna be somebody left out, right? Yeah. Like even in the NCAA tournament, we talk about teams yeah. that are on the bubble and teams that get ha- should have been in, but you, you want to expand the field enough, which I think at 12 you're getting towards that point where okay, if you're number 13 or 14 in the country, you can be upset about not being in the playoff yeah but like do you really have an argument to say that you're going to win three or four consecutive games and make the national championship game Um, that becomes more of a stretch than the current model which only has four yeah so i think that you know if you if you give people a reason to exclude in this Mm -hmm. in this business they're going to like it just the big 12 knows all too well like tcu and baylor the the big 12 was the one who tried this first Mm -hmm. they're the ones who are like oh hey we're going to get two teams in the first playoff. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We got two. We got two really good teams. Yep. We had great teams. We, and got a, we got a weird slogan, one true champion. Yeah, but. we have all this stuff. We have a slogan that's one true champion. And when they called up and said, hey, who's your one true champion? They're like, that's in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> so we all feel like champions here at the Big 12. And they were like, all right, so Baylor and TCU are out. <laughs> Let's move Thanks forward. Thanks for helping us, guys. <laughs> Thanks for helping us. So, you know, you give them a reason, they're going to push somebody out. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to do it. Uh, and it will be, in my opinion, a lot easier on them. The committee will have a, a, a much, you know, less challenging job because I, I do feel like, you know, you're going to get five or six automatics. And you're like, okay, well, that's there. The hardest part will maybe be seeding after that. But, like, you get your six automatics, and then, you know, probably four of the other two or four of the other six are going to be like, well, you got to put these guys in. Mm -hmm. And then the other two is what they're going to argue about. So, you know, I I don't think that that that's going to be that big of a deal. But, again, if if I give you a reason to say, well, we're not going to take them, they don't have to be automatic qualifiers. And Oregon State, Washington State, and Boise State will always be going like, hey – we're eleven and one. We're twelve and one. We won our conference. They're like, we, yeah, we'd but, like to have a chance. But you, yeah. you're not automatic qualifiers. Like, well, what about one of those at large? It's like, ah, oh, just feel like you're thirteenth, man. <laughs> just feel like you're thirteenth. So half-brained idea. Let's say they go to six and six. And I know in this in this hypothetical, a lot of lawyers will get involved eventually. But we talk about uh, like relegation in American mm-hmm. sports at some point. Yeah, which. I know very little about it, mainly because of Welcome to Wrexham. But uh, in this scenario, okay, so Fresno State makes it, and maybe it's not by a certain point total, but they just get blasted in their playoff game. Could the committee come back to the table and say, okay, you've now lost your, like, zombie Pac-12, you've now lost your automatic qualifying bid for a year or whatever they want to do. 
uh, because your team didn't compete. I know that's a very slippery slope. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess that, that could also be something that they evaluate um, from a competition standpoint. Yeah, and look, the, the Pac-12 actually has two years to make itself back into something, to get to eight teams. And during those two years, they're still considered – an autonomous five conference. So if they can get anything done with a mountain West, even including that relegation model, which I, I think sounds pretty cool. Uh, and I kind of hope that they do, but even including that, like they'll, they can maybe get it. But I do think that there's probably a groundswell of, of people on the other side that are trying to get this done at five and seven. So it yeah. doesn't, so it doesn't matter what they do. Right. They're gonna be like, Oh, well we'll do five and seven. And look, if you guys are the fifth one, great, great. But you know, we, we're not going to, you know, say, you know, five top highest ranks conference champions, which they could say, like, theoretically, it could be none of us, too. <laughs> Any given year, the way the ball bounces, you know, yeah, we'll yeah. be fine. I'm sorry. I <laughs> yeah, we, Auburn might get left out. Who knows? Yeah. We're like, look, look, sometimes the SEC might be bad. <laughs> Maybe everyone will think we're bad, too, and none of our marketing will work. We have school. We have schools like you. Have you guys met Vandy? Yeah, <laughs> you know. So it's just those things will happen. But I think that it, you know, in the long term, I would just love to see him keep it six and six mm -hmm. because then that means heck, a, a Sun Belt team could fight their way in. Right. You know. And uh, Jack and I actually talked about this on three sixty five Sports last Friday when we when the relegation model came out. Like I'm all for doing that, just in the in the fact that like make the rest of the establishment have to acknowledge something. Mm -hmm. Like, make them go like, oh, okay. Because, you know, the Big Ten, SEC, Big 12, like, they're never going to do that. They're never going to. Because there's not going to be, like, you know, SMU, who's just joined the conference, is not going to line up and be like, oh, yeah, I'm happy to be knocked out after <laughs> everything I did and all the money I sacrificed. Yeah, we raised to $100 get million dollars in a week. Like, we'll, yeah. we'll sit on the sidelines. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be fine getting, like, dropped out of this mm -hmm. if that's the case. No, they're, they're going to stick to their thing. But if you have to be different and do the relegation thing to make it make sense and create some more value for you, then I say more power to you and do it. And plus it'll make – it'll make the powers that be have to acknowledge it, in my yeah. opinion, because they won't be able to be like, well, what are they doing over there? You yeah. know, like, oh, they've got a model that's like making people decide who they want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it incentivizes being good, which is the whole point, um, and not just making a profit and, you know, keeping your bottom line intact. And so that'd be a lot of fun to watch. And, I mean, gosh, it would be insane if, like, if you're a coach, the pressure of, uh, not only did you have a bad season, but you got us you got us knocked out of yeah. the the basic, you know, thing that we're competing for. Mm -hmm. Uh and and possibly that's something they could put in like a buyout clause and that type of thing too. Like, yeah. hey, if you if you get us knocked down to uh um the big sky conference and we just we can just let you go for, yeah. for for no reason. You don't get any money. Yeah. No, so I think there's there's a lot of things on this playoff wise, horizon wise that that are interesting. I just hope they make the right choice and I, I hope that I hope the 12 team playoff works out the way I think it's going to. Mm -hmm. um, and I know there's a lot of people like, look, you know, a team like Georgia is going to steamroll everybody anyway. Yeah. But like they're doing that. Like why not give yeah. them like another chance to lose? Well, in home playoff games is going to be awesome. I mean, yeah. like, you know, that, that'll just be a great aspect of the neutral site games are cool too, but just having that environment, um, having bigger stakes and it's more college football. Like who's against more games. Yeah. It's, you know, like that's, that's what we want to do. That's what I've, we want to watch. I've never understood the, like, oh, no, we have to certainly keep this to four. Or the people who are like, I, I don't know why we, we brought it past two. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, look, and I'm a fan of a team who has been involved and in, who won three national championships and played in a bunch more yeah. when it was just the two and then played in the first playoff, much to a terrible end against Oregon in the Rose Bowl. But even still, like, look, no, I, like, I would love it. Because now I don't have to have those years where like, oh, well, they're just sixth. Yeah. Darn it. You know, now you'd be like, well, they're 12th. You know, let's see if they can get yeah, going. let's see if they can get hot here. Build, build some momentum. And then, like, maybe the team that finishes 12th and barely gets in the next year mm -hmm. is a four seed the next year because of that experience and they get better. So, yeah, I just hope they get it right and, and don't, don't mess mm -hmm. with it too much. Well, we see teams all the time. This might not be the best example, but, like, you know, K-State last year was kind of shuffling between quarterbacks. And then towards the end of the season – Will Howard's there. They get rolling. Um, and, of course, they end up losing their bowl game. But that's the type of team that you would like to see. Okay, what if a team gets hot at the right time? Maybe they lost two or three games. But now they have an opportunity to go in the playoff and make some noise. 
and especially like a blue blood like Florida State, if they're having a down year but suddenly they catch fire, that's not a team you want to see, uh, yeah. you know, late in the season. So um, there's a lot of cool intrigue that could arrive from it. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's going to be great. All right, when we come back, Max Johnson is – probably going to be the starter on the way out for Texas A&M. This will probably lead into a larger discussion about the SEC West, but can Max Johnson keep pace? The Aggies were loving what they were seeing from Connor Wigman, although I think that he wasn't having his best game before he got hurt mm -hmm. against Auburn the other day. But uh, is Max Johnson someone who can keep them afloat in the SEC West race? Like we just mentioned, you just mentioned, Stephen, it's more wide open than it's ever been yeah. right now. Uh, and that may not be a good thing for the SEC West. <laughs> like it might be wide open because they're not as good as they've been. This is the triple option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome back, Stephen Simcox, Locked On Horn Frogs. Are you ready for your big trip tomorrow, Paul? I'm. I no. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Jack and I are going. We've got to pack up equipment. I've got to pack up clothes. Like, there's a lot there's, to be done. There's a lot to be done. Um, okay. You know, we've had company this week at my house, so mm. that's that's put me behind. But my wife is the most organized human being uh, that has ever human beinged. Oh, good. So I uh, I I don't worry. I just have to like you know, take advice a little bit mm -hmm. better, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm excited. Uh, we'll be tomorrow for the show, and thanks for leading into the promo. We'll be at Burger U uh, in Orlando, right across uh, from the stadium, from the Bounce House. And then on Friday, uh, we'll be at Bounce House Social from 4 to 7 local time. So it'll be, it'll be a fun time. So Paul comes home. Yeah, I know. I uh, Orlando, like, state of Florida is my home. I was never – I never lived in Orlando. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time there, you know, my uh, – my best friend uh, Ryan lives there, and he'll be he'll be involved in all this. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see. Well, I just saw him at the wedding, but uh, I'm excited to see him twice in the same year for the first time in like forever. So uh, that'll be fun. And then it's just you know a Jack. I found this out about Jack last night. Jack has never been to the Sunshine State. Really, never been there. And I found this out because he sent me a text and said, "Oh, it's supposed to rain." Every day we're there. And I was like, well, yeah, it rains every day in Florida does, yeah. at this time of year from like May to about, you know, October, November, like mm -hmm. the rainy season, like it goes, you rains for a little bit and you know, you don't have to, you don't have to change your life. You just have to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to protect cameras anyway, but, <laughs> but yes, I mean, it's not a bad idea to have it something on hand, but mm -hmm. it's not going to be hours and hours of nonstop rain unless right. it's an actual hurricane in that point that we wouldn't be going. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, bigger problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have bigger problems. But, uh, yeah, so it will be his first trip to Florida. So, um, you know, I hope I don't lose him to the <laughs> – To the local <laughs> to, Orlando to, flavor. Yeah. <laughs> I just want him to meet some girls like, hey, you got to check out, check out this bikini bar in Cocoa Beach. And they'll be like, hey, Jack didn't make his flight. Uh, <laughs> so Jack told you Saturday morning he's going to become a Disney adult from now on. Yeah. He's just gonna <laughs> I do. He wants to go to Harry Potter World. I don't know if he's going to have enough time. Okay. So, but That'd be good. Yeah, he's more of a Harry Potter guy. I think that. It, am I right, Jack? More Harry Potter than Disney? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You hear more that, ladies? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, for every Ron, there's a Hermione. That's right. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> it took me a second to figure out. I mean, everybody know, loves Harry Potter. It's not actually, exactly like, you know, yeah. it's a niche thing. There's no. obviously a whole world about it. Yeah. So. <laughs> like the actual, like, lasting love. For Harry, Harry there's a Jenny. So. Correct. I don't know any other actual love stories in that because it was kind of <laughs> secondary to the overarching plot. <laughs> did, you, did y'all not cover that in your Florida State English curriculum? You know what? Uh, I did have a class that was modern lit, and like we did read, like I think it was Prisoner of Azkaban, and we started okay. in the middle. So then, like I wound up reading them all because I hadn't read them yet, mm-hmm. and so then like. I'm starting in the middle here, so I was like, well, now i got to go back and read four other books. <laughs> so, <laughs> which before, like, I saw it on the list, and I was like, okay. And then I remember, like, going to, like, get the paperback copy mm-hmm. and then, like, seeing, like, one, two, three, four. I was like, crap. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I now, guess I'm in. Now guess, something's taking over my life. <laughs> now I'm in it. <laughs> so, no, we uh, we actually, we did, but... Uh, it's been a long time, you know. I'm more, I'm more leading into the movies now than the books. <laughs> but uh, Stephen, uh, bad injury news for AM today as Connor Wigman uh, appears to be out for the season. He has a lower leg injury that they were initially diagnosing as a high ankle sprain, but uh, it's it's a lower leg injury that's that's bad enough to where they think he could even a high ankle sprain if it's bad enough can keep you out for most of the rest of the season. Look, there's eight games left, so. Mm-hmm. If you're going to miss four to, four, like, yeah, four to six weeks. Four to six weeks. Look, I'll just tell you, in, in football terms, it's never just four to six weeks. Yeah. Four to six weeks is like the ultimate optimistic thing. Mm-hmm. You have no idea how many times I've been at the Cowboys, you know, and you're like, all right, well, uh, what's the uh, prognosis on uh, Demarcus Lawrence? And they're like, oh, it's going to be four to six weeks. Yeah, he's not going to play. He's like he? cleaning out his locker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, so we heard four to six weeks. And he's like, yeah, that's. That's a that's when you might see me here again. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I mean like th- those things are uh, are ever so dicey. So in an in an open SEC West because mm-hmm. you know LSU to me looks like the best team, but they haven't quite put it all together yet. Right. Uh, and they've already taken a loss, albeit out of conference. Alabama has a loss, albeit out of conference, but they have not put it together yet. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss certainly had a chance to put it together and didn't last week against Alabama. They could have essentially ended Alabama's, you know. Rain, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that, you know, they could be out of the CFP before October 1st, done deal if you beat them. Mm-hmm. And unless they lose this weekend to Arkansas, that's not going to happen. And look, they could very well lose to Arkansas, but sure. Arkansas looks like they're okay, but nothing – they look like about what they are. They played LSU tough, lost to BYU. They, you know, yeah, seem like an, a good team. That's probably they're, not great. They're gonna be six and six or seven and five. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State uh, doesn't really look all that great right now, and no. you know, so A and M's a team that, you know, they have a loss again, albeit at a conference to Miami, uh, and those th- that's the thing that I think is alarming to a lot of people when you look at the SEC West. FSU, Miami, and Texas have already knocked, you know, down a peg your top three contenders more than likely. And now you're into the conference season, and nobody's really looked that spectacular. So can Max Johnson, who has a lot of experience, can he keep A&M in that race? When you first asked me this question, I thought my immediate thought was no. But, I mean, you've laid out a pretty good path here. They've already beaten Auburn. We we talked about some of the other teams that are struggling. Uh, And this is just not a division that – has strong quarterback play. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, Jalen Milrow seems pretty limited. Um, Auburn can't score. LSU has is, is got a good quarterback. They haven't put it all together, as we talked about. I don't think I don't think they can beat LSU, and so I feel like that's the reason I'm going to say no. But if we're talking about keeping them in the race in the context of, you know, into November, can they still be in this thing? Yeah, I feel like they can. they got a good defense. They're going to try to run the ball. Can he protect the ball and not turn it over? Um, I feel like – in Bob Petrino's a good play caller, and they have multiple weeks now to figure out like, okay, what is he good at? What what can we? What parts of the offense can we run and adapt to? But it, it is a wide open league, and man, Paul, I mean, going on a tangent here, but you talked about the old Miss thing. Is is Lane just destined to be like kind of funny court gesture? Who's not going to win more than eight or nine games? Like that was the opportunity. Yeah. To, well, look, to he, get it done, and they couldn't do it. He stared a couple things in the face in the last couple of years. Like in the Sugar Bowl, with a crowd that was way more of your people 
mm-hmm. even though Baylor people had a lot of people there, with a chance to win. Baylor played such an excellent defensive game, but their quarterback played his way right to USF essentially that night yeah. uh, in, in Gary Bohannon, and you could not win that game, you know, which would have been a, that would have been a stamp for him at, at Ole Miss, yeah. winning that Sugar Bowl. Instead, Baylor goes on a win and, and putting a stamp on their best season in school history. And then you have this one where Alabama is as vulnerable as they have ever been. Mm-hmm. And you just could not get it done against them. And I think the good, like what that game showed me is that, yeah, Alabama's going to win probably most of the ones that they play. Right. But you're not going to have to score 50 points to beat them anymore. Mm-hmm. So when it comes back to Max Johnson or anybody like winning the SEC West, like, Really, the quarterback you're all chasing is is Daniels, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, he's he is the engine that makes LSU go. But A and M and LSU has turned into such a weird series, Garrett. That you know, yeah. it's at the end. Here's the other thing: it's the last game of the year every year now. Yeah, because they were trying to make them each other's rival. rival yeah. And there was a rivalry there before, like a minor, like they didn't, you know, they played for years and years and then they stopped in the, in the early nineties and didn't play. And then mm-hmm. now they're, they're back playing again and all that. So they're trying to make that the rival when A&M got there, but, uh, and it, it kind of worked. I mean, although they're not going to be the number one rival, but it, it, since that seven overtime game, and even before that, like LSU was controlling the series, but it was never quite easy for them, even on some right. down years for A&M, like they uh since that seven overtime game, it's just gotten bizarre. Not like nothing goes the way it's supposed to. Yeah. No, it's one of those where I dread every year, honestly, watching that game. That Ole Miss and Arkansas are ones that LSU should control, but they always find themselves in close games. I I think honestly, in my opinion with this, I think Texas A&M is very dangerous with Max Johnson. He's got a lot of SEC reps under his belt. He's obviously not as dynamic as Wagman, but I think he can control their offense. And if you can get the playmakers he has around him utilized, they'll be fine. I think I more so the way that Texas A&M has been able to play defense, especially Torian York, the way he's balling out at the linebacker position as a freshman, I think that makes them very dangerous. And I think their skill positions can match up with a pro with a team like LSU. And I wouldn't be surprised if A&M honestly beat them because they've, they've shown they could do it. Yeah. And, look, A&M has Alabama next week. Yeah. Uh, I say Alabama you, has Arkansas. A&M has Arkansas this week. Alabama – who's Alabama have? I can't remember. Um, I, I could look it up on this this on machine. That, that testing computer. I'll <laughs> fill for a minute while you can do but, that. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Uh, and, and all those series have kind of become wacky. Like, you were talking about the LSU A&M series. Arkansas A&M is, is always sort of a weird game. A&M's <laughs> won most of those. Um, they took Bama to the wire last year mm-hmm. uh, and beat them two in years that ago. Game, beat them two years ago. So, but I also wonder. Like, Bama plays Mississippi State. Okay, Bama so. gets Mississippi State, so that should be should be a win, you would think. But look, if Mississippi State's offense gets hot, yeah. Well, and that's the know. thing that you said: if you can score more than twenty points on this Bama team, which is still a tough task, yeah. then there's a path for you to win the game. What's Max Johnson's like eligibility status? What's the best case scenario for him? Moving forward, Paul, is it just ball out and maybe play somewhere else next year, or because I I would assume Wegman is is still the guy moving forward, and they're probably going to try. Well, to... he's in his COVID year. Okay. Well, no, hold on. It says he's a sophomore, which I don't I don't know how that works. Yeah. <laughs> he's but, been around for a while. Yeah. Uh, who? Well, no. He has reclassified as a sophomore after using his COVID eligibility year. So I don't know how that works, considering that in 2021, he started the whole season. It says he technically still has three years of eligibility remaining. Okay. Okay. So So I guess, you know, either play really well and... He's going to have to grad transfer if he does. Yeah, grad transfer, which there's a way to do that, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, there's I mean there's an opportunity for him and he like as Garrett said he looked really good coming in that game. I mean he energized that team. That Auburn A&M game was a rock fight and he mm-hmm. finally kind of got the offense moving yeah. in the right direction. So I, I think it just comes down to this A&M O-line can they I mean can they keep him upright? Yeah. And can they do well in the running game? Uh, cuz that's why you, you have they, your backup quarterback. They, they seem there. to have really good running backs, but mm-hmm. the other reason I bring this up is is that 
this is a year where Jimbo Fisher needs to do well. And this is an opportunity looking around because I'm an A&M power broker and I say like, okay, well, you've done all this. This is a year where you have an opportunity to go win this league. Yeah. I, like there's not anybody, there is not a scary team in this, in the SEC West right now. Yeah. There's only one scary team in the SEC East. That's it. So in the entire SEC, there is one big scary dragon. That's it. There's one of them. As opposed to years where it's just, you know, yeah, a dragon. <laughs> it's just, like, and then like it's just a, like layer, like four you know, giants, are like that him. movie with Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey. Mm -hmm. That one, whatever that was, it was about dragons. That's what the SEC is normally like. This year is certainly not that. Everybody is kind of even, and Georgia's maybe seemingly a step above everyone. Yeah. So you've got this opportunity to go do something. And I think that if you're Jimbo Fisher, you better do it because now you've done the thing where you've changed your off to, you've changed the coordinator thing, which has worked out well mm -hmm. for them so far. But, you know, you also lost Mike Elko to Duke and, you know, DJ Durkin has not had that. They played well last week against a bad Auburn offense. So I don't really know how good the AM defense is yet. They haven't really been, they've only been challenged once and they, Failed that failed test. test right. So I don't know. Like, so they don't have what they, I think, envisioned when Jimbo Fisher thought, I'm going to finally win this conference. They don't have that. And can Mac Johnson be the guy who goes out and gives them an opportunity to play in a conference title game? Especially in a year, there's a lot of pressure where you better get good fast because the only team that you truly hate with every fiber of your being, because A&M has one rival. No matter what they say about LSU, like LSU was always going to be like, yeah, it's okay. We're supposed to be rivals. We don't, you know, they don't like each it's other. Texas. They're they just, don't like you. But like Texas is coming in. It's a wife swap situation yeah, with LSU. Yeah. And not only is Texas coming in, Texas is probably coming in pretty darn good. Yeah. So unless this year's somehow a, a wild one off, Texas is going to roll into the league being pretty darn good. So. Mm. You've got Texas coming into the league and restarting the rivalry that, you, like, it's in your damn song. Like, <laughs> you didn't change the song. Yeah. You didn't stop sawing Varsity's horns off when you weren't going to play them anymore. You just sat there and started to, like, just put it in the back of your mind, like, can't wait till we get them again. <laughs> yeah. But that's coming in, and the minute. So say Jimbo Fisher makes it out of this year, and everybody's confident and happy, like, oh, I think Jimbo's got to turn it around. The second that... It's zeros on the clock, and Texas has more points than AM does in a game. His life is going to suck. Well, and that's a, that's a good, those are two good points there. One is like for AM, the timeline this year was supposed to be okay. We had a bad year. We're, we're revitalizing now. We got a new coordinator. We're bouncing back. Win eight or nine games, look solid, look competent, look like a team that can contend next season. And that's, that's a solid step in the right direction. But now, as we've said, suddenly, the SEC West doesn't look great, and if you finish seven and five or eight and four, are there people that are looking at their watch like, well, I mean that's great, but this was this was a season where we had a chance to really do something beyond that, and we couldn't capitalize on it. And now, you know, how many cycles do we have to wait until we get that opportunity again? Mm -hmm. um, and yes, Texas, it, with with all the resources A&M has, and I know their fans love to talk about the great revenue they make and mm -hmm. you know how much the brand has grown since they moved to the SEC, how much recruiting's increased. You got a a New Year's six bowl win during a COVID year to show for it and the Johnny Menzel era. And that's I mean that's it. Like yeah. other than that, it's been a lot of what it was in the Big Twelve, which was good teams, not great teams. And this was the guy that was supposed to get you the to the mountaintop. Yeah. I mean you went and and got him out of like and got him out of a, a situation that well, I mean was was Devolving, <laughs> I'll just say you helped him get out of the mess that he built. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, well, I mean, it was. I mean, I would. I they did a day. I think it was David Hale, or maybe you know, it was Brendan Sunon. Did a great podcast about how it all like went down uh, there with Jimbo in Tallahassee, and how he's certainly like, like it's like thirty three, thirty three, thirty. There's three entities at fault. And he's like, they're equally at fault. Like it's yeah. not one more than the other. Although um, it was, it's weird because he went into the situation where you would think he would, because the thing that happened at FSU is they kept telling the guy who just won a national championship. No, like um, 
no, we're not going to do that yet. No, we're not going to do that yet. And meanwhile, like Nick Saban's down the road, Dabo Sweeney, and he's got people going, yes, yes, absolutely, sure, yeah. Robots? Yes, we'll be able to say, robots. What do you need? You want robots? We'll get on robots. <laughs> Maybe not anytime soon, but we're going to have it. Like yeah. the minute that, that robots are legal, you're going to have the best robots. You want a giant slide in your building, Dabo? Sure, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, all those things. And so he went to a place that was like, Psh, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Listen, we're a gigantic engineering school. We've done all kind of research on vegetables and animal husbandry, and we're cutting edge and all this stuff. Like, do you want us to make you like a hybrid animal <laughs> linebacker? We'll do that. We don't care. And it's still not working out for him. So he's got to make a move. And I do think that Texas's struggles let people let their guard down a little bit because, and I'm, look, I'm guilty of this. Like when they decided to join the SEC, like, well, good luck with that, buddy. Uh, well, uh, they, they, like, they look like they've put it together. <laughs> the things have all changed so much that, yeah. you know, uh, they might have put it together. And for some reason, nobody in this state has ever taken advantage of Texas being down. Only Oklahoma, who's not in this state, no matter how bad they want to be, uh, <laughs> Only Oklahoma has ever taken advantage of Texas being down. I mean, yes, people have people have had good years, had good years, but nobody's ever gone and like stepped on their on their throats. Mm-hmm. Like nobody said, said, "All right, that's it. You're you're going to be yeah. your reign of terror is over. You're going to be Nebraska or Miami now. Yeah. That's who you're going to be." Um, and not to say that those teams aren't going to try and get back, but like that's what the Big Twelve could have done to Texas, and they didn't. Yep. They absolutely didn't. And so here they are back again looking like they might have put something together. And now they're going to the SEC where they could go in next year, especially if they retain some of this offense or the the people they have and be one of the favorites in that league year one. So if you're A&M and you're always recruiting against Texas, even when you didn't necessarily have to, this is huge for Jimbo Fisher. He's got he's, he's to get it right soon. Yeah. Does he have another pivot move? I mean, he's changed the coordinators up. He's kind of reassembled the staff. It feels like it's it's all eyes are on him now. Yeah. Does he have any more like let's no. reshuffle? I don't the think deck he, here? I don't think he had any after Petrino was the last pivot yeah. move because it was and this is what's bad for head coaches when you are an expert in one thing and we're known for that one thing and we're at one time great at that one thing, but that one thing is the weakest part of your roster. That looks bad. It looks bad. And so that's why you had to bring in Petrino because Jimbo Fisher had not updated anything. Like, you know, I feel like he would like go to coaching clinics. You're like, hey, you want to hear about these concepts? I got plenty of concepts. I got concepts. <laughs> I, you have no idea. I've got concepts. I got, listen, you want concepts? Here's concepts. I got concepts. <laughs> Where's the nearest need- casino? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need this. Let's, you know. <laughs> Was I doing that? Oh, but yeah, I, I mean, that's what, up on that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> i got the greatest concepts you wouldn't know. There we <laughs> the go. There biggest concepts. They're huge. <laughs> Very large concepts. <laughs> concepts. People come to me for concepts all the time. <laughs> like that's maybe how he blew through the thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you would, I could call his offense because I watched it since 2007, you know, when he was or eight, when he was at FSU. So whenever he came to FSU, I watched that same thing. You know, I can tell you, yeah, it's, Gonna run power right here. <laughs> if I know it, and I'm just a guy who yaps into this thing. <laughs> probably coaches that know it. There are probably people who sit there and watch it for hours at a time and slow it down mm-hmm. <laughs> that figured it out. And so he made that move with Bobby Petrino. And outside of the like having the like ornery old man, grumpy uh criminal coaching staff that he has, you know, it, it maybe has worked out for him, but I don't. Uh, I just don't foresee him having like a get out of jail free card, even with this. Because if you're the quarterback guy and Bobby Petrino's the quarterback guy, then you should have two quarterbacks that you are confident enough in to win games, especially when the 800 pound gorilla is as vulnerable as they've been in 15 years. Yeah, you got to find a way to make it work, even even with your backup QB in a league that, in some ways, feels like there's a lot of kind of backup quality QBs around that, yeah. are, that have been thrust into starting roles. Yeah. So they've got to, they've got to make a move right now. I I think, and this is, this could be, and look, this may not be a year where they get to the, like 
they could wind up winning the SEC West and losing to Georgia and not, you know, they wouldn't be in the CFP. Like right now, they already have a loss. They're behind it. Yeah. But if you can get at least in a discussion where you're building and you, you're in the, like, in the SEC title game, mm-hmm. Would be huge for them. Oh, it'd be big, huge yeah. for them to, to build on, especially with Connor Wegman, Max Johnson, like all those guys potentially coming back. And part of the reason Max Johnson's at A and M is because his brother Jake is a tight end there, mm-hmm. and they're they're playing well there together. So, um, you know, like I guess there may be a thought, like you know, if maybe he wants to be a grad transfer, if he's good, Max Johnson could go back to where the city he was born in. Play where his dad played. I don't know. But he's got to be good. He's got to be good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, granted. Paul's, Paul's scouting him out. I'm scouting. I scout, I'm always scouting everybody. I'm always scouting everybody. I need to get your opinion on something in the next segment. Uh, Craig called me out on it yesterday uh, on the show. Uh, but I do think that I, I have ground to stand on. Okay. Uh, but you can tell me. Like, if I get three or four people that tell me I'm being a, a dumbass, then I, I might just relent. But uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, plus, um, which teams have looked like CFP teams so far. If you're picking, if we're on the committee, what teams will we have to argue about right now? This is the triple option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Okay, two topics in this last segment. One of which, okay, so uh, we'll start out with the funny one, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes. So yesterday we were talking about Jordan Travis, who I said, if I have a child, I don't know if I will be able to love them as much as I love Jordan Travis right now in this moment. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. Strong take. I love (laughs) it. But, you know, you never know. (laughs) So... That's something you use with your kids. Like, listen, if you if you don't behave, I already really care for Max Duggan. Yeah. I'm gonna start ranking my kids like Dion. Yeah. I'll have Max in, in the middle there too. Yeah, Max Duggan. <laughs> Ladanian Thompson, older than me, but love him like a son. No. Anyway. So no, but all those like so I I love him. He's got this really cool looking t shirt out that's the it's like college football king because he can't use Tiger King, but they've beaten LSU and Clemson and it's him. It's, uh, you know, like with two tigers at his feet. And it's a cool-looking T-shirt. It's an NIL deal. It costs $31.24. And the money is divided among the offensive line. As you know, we used to work with a guy named Q, uh, who is – we had a large jersey conversation one time where he was a guy, and I changed him. I did. He was a jersey guy. He would buy the jersey. And, like, I don't mind. Like, I can't rock a jersey. I, I, you know – I look like a guy who goes to conventions if I do. You know, like, <laughs> I just, I can't pull it off. It's not my thing. But Q rocks jerseys all the time. Mm-hmm. And he would buy the jersey of the first-round draft pick of the Raiders every single year, which is a really bad idea because you're going to have a Robert Gallery jersey just crinkled up in your... <laughs> in your, <laughs> in your hamper somewhere? Yeah. You're not even going to hang that up in your closet because you don't want to see that you have it. Yeah. You have Jamarcus Russell jerseys and all, all those things. You know, So you have those deals. So I have the thing of, look, I like uh, to... In the jersey or T-shirt thing, I need that team or that player to kind of earn it. So... And I started this because one time somebody gave me a Tony Romo jersey as a gift. And, you know, no disrespect to Tony Romo, but, you know, the other jersey I had for a long time before it just disintegrated was Aikman. Mm-hmm. 
That guy won three Super Bowls. Tony Romo didn't even win three playoff games. Or maybe he just won three. I don't know, but he didn't win. I think just two. Yeah, just two playoff games. So, like, there is there's an out of balance thing. So that's my philosophy. But Craig said because I I said people should go and buy that. I won't because I have a rule. <laughs> but you should because I want the offensive lineman to be taken care of. <laughs> should I buy that T-shirt? I mean, I don't see a problem with buying it. Yeah, go ahead and buy okay. that T-shirt, Paul. Here, Garrett, do you think we can get this on screen if I send it to you fast enough? Uh, I can work my magic. We'll see what happens. Okay, hold on. Uh, no. Wait. So does it have his name on it? No, it's or got his, his picture. Yeah, it's got his picture on it. Here we go. Um, I mean, I don't think Jordan Travis is going to let you down. So no, I, feel like I, it's, I feel like this is a solid investment. Yeah. Hold on. Well, that's, that's not a good uh, image of it. Hold on. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's a really cool. I like the shirt. Um, but, again, you know, you also have, you Jordan. Have, you have high standards for this. I do have high standards for this. And I'm kind of out of the jersey game. But I will say this, this is a good segue because, Paul, as I'm sure you know, America's newest couple, Travis yeah. Kelsey and Taylor Swift, yeah. you know, they, they started dating. And because of this, I've seen a lot of, like, on Twitter, my algorithm suddenly, uh, I see Swifties is what they're called, these mm-hmm. Taylor Swift enthusiasts. Um, I'll just tell you, Stephen, Swifties is what we're called. right so i see all paul's burner accounts (laughs) and i'm just i'm i'm fascinated by it i'm like these people i mean they're like their whole online existence is dedicated to this pop star this is a very strange thing and i was actually going to send out a tweet the other day commenting on it but then i remembered that every saturday my mood is decided by how 18 to 22 year old young men performing a football game. And maybe that's just as irrational as devoting, giving my devotion to a, a pop singer. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's like, I'd say, don't worry about that rule, Paul, just buy the shirt. Okay. Good deal. All right. So uh, Garrett, I just sent it to you. Let me know when you, uh, when you have it. So Steven can see it uh, up here on the monitor, uh, but it's a cool looking shirt. I, 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 I'm getting nothing out of this other than FSU offensive lineman and Jordan oh, yeah, Travis. That's a cool shirt. Yeah, it's a cool shirt. A lot going on, but that yeah, works. A lot going on. It does not seem to be my particular style. No. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I don't know if you could see me. It looks like, it kind of looks like an Ed Hardy t shirt. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. You know, I've, I've never been able to do that. I don't have the physique for it. Um, or the general attitude. <laughs> I think he's going to rock it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't want to be a guy who just throws my, you know, standards and rules away. I think this one's safe. I think this, this one's safe. Yeah, this is safe. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to buy a jersey of Taylor Swift's latest guy, you know. Yeah. Like, and good for her. Good for them. I hope it works out. That's but, strange, though. It's very strange. Yeah, that you would. I mean, you don't even know if they really like each other yet. You just mm-hmm. know that Travis Kelsey really likes her and that she accepted his invitation to this football game. Right. And then they hung out after. Like, you they know could, nothing, Yeah, you know nothing about the relationship. Yeah, again, like, you know, what if her true love is Jamie Garoppolo? I mean, we, <laughs> that could be down the line. That's a twist that we haven't she, encountered for. She's yet. been through a lot, Steven. Well, Swifties, <laughs> they live in the now. That's one thing I like about them is they're just all about the now. So. Yeah. Me, I'm just concerned for her well-being overall mental health and all that stuff. I, I want her to keep on apparently saving the American economy. That's very, uh, <laughs> so, that's very, that's very gracious of you. I would, uh, yeah, I would just like her. She didn't even have to like come on the show. Just walk by where we can get a camera shot of her waving at us. <laughs> like that would be great. Like, I don't care that like people would like, Oh, this, they don't talk about Taylor Swift at all on this YouTube channel. Like don't care. Like the yeah. thought that we might talk about it again soon I'll would be great. In, yeah. All right. So, Thank you for helping me through that dilemma. Uh, okay, okay, Stephen. Which teams have you seen this year that you say, all right, let's fast forward to the end of the year. We're in the committee room. Who are we putting in the hat? Man, well, Georgia, obviously. I mean, they're, they're right there. Um, I don't love saying it, but I think Texas is in at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, aside from two and a half quarters against Wyoming, they've dominated everybody they played this year. 
and have a signature win. Uh, Ohio State with that win in, against Notre Dame, mm-hmm. I feel like you, you got to bump them up there. Florida State's right there as well. That would be the four I'd say right now. You know, on the outside, it's kind of hard to make sense of the Pac-12 at the moment. Uh, I was super impressed by Oregon, but I also still don't know how good Colorado is, and that mm-hmm. was obviously a very personal game for them. <laughs> so seems like they kind of did what they wanted. You know, Washington might have, like, some of the best skill guys mm-hmm. I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Like, that's a loaded – team at the skill positions. I I think that if you went if you're just talking about quarterback and wide receivers, like running back wide receivers skill positions, like you could do USC Washington FSU and um and probably Oregon right now mm-hmm. and just be like though they're all like if you're going to pick those four and have them play and three of those teams are in the Pac-12 and and all play each other. As a matter of fact, Washington is a team I think has looked the absolute most dominant so far. Now they have yet to be tested. Right. And their first big one will come next week when they play Oregon. No disrespect to Arizona, but that's a team that's trying to figure out mm-hmm. itself as they as they transition to the Big 12 next year. So right. uh, but they have Oregon and then Arizona State and Stanford. And then they close their season this way. USC, Utah, Oregon State, and Washington State. And not that the first two of those won't be hard enough, but the last two will have sauce on it, mm-hmm. absolute sauce on it, particularly the Apple Cup, which All could right. be the last Apple Cup for the foreseeable future. So if Washington can maintain that and go through that with just one loss. That's a heck of a resume. Yeah. I mean, I if mean, they're 11-1 playing in the Pac-12 title game and then say win that Pac-12 title game, there's no way you can convince me that they're not you know, maybe the best team in the country because they, they would be lethal. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I, Michigan looks good. They made it last year. I just – they haven't played anyone, so I, I, I don't really yeah. – Look, Penn State to me, like right now, is a team I'd have to consider as well. Yeah. You know, I – if Notre Dame can get through unscathed the rest of the way, they'll put themselves back in the conversation. Because that would mean they've beaten USC mm-hmm. and I think Clemson. I gotta, I gotta do that. But yeah, they, I mean, so when you go on down the line of of everything else, there's not there's there's probably eight to ten right now. Like I, I really like the way that Utah plays, but I just don't see them being able to sustain, sustain that even when Cam Rising comes back. Yeah. Because you know, trying to win every game fourteen to seven or. 20 and 13 is hard. Yeah, it is. Um, because you're going to have a day where your defense just gives up 24 points. Mm-hmm. And, you know. You got to score points. Yeah. Maybe not even your defense. Like, your defense might give up 14, and then you spot the team a couple yeah. turnovers and plus territory that wind up being, you know, 10 more points. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think there's not that many, but, yeah, I, I – I wonder, like, Penn State, Washington are teams that maybe people aren't talking about enough yet. Now, Penn State just had the remarkable performance against Iowa. And I know Iowa's offense is not great. But to make it just expose it for what it really is, the way they did, and give it 61 total yards, and then only that, make their defense look very pedestrian in a 31 to nothing drubbing, that might be – this might be James Franklin's, like – Opus here. Yeah, it was impressive for sure. Um, and I'm I'm really happy we're going to get to see these Pac-12 teams go up against each other. Uh, what's your – I mean, I know we'll get to we'll get to see it live because they play so many good teams, but what's your feelings on USC? I know that defense is is what it is, and Lincoln Rally teams are always questionable there. I'll, I'll be able to tell you more after this week mm-hmm. when – let's see how Shador can operate against them. Yeah. Now, they've got – look, Colorado knew they had problems – and they were able to work around them for a little while. But, you know, if Shadir Sanders can kind of gash him a little bit, uh, then I'll be like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, they, I think they're better, USC is. But with Lincoln Riley, it always comes down to he ultimately loses to a team that's a little bit tougher than his. Yeah. Like, everything else is great, but yeah. the team that he loses to, like Utah, Utah last year or – Georgia when they lost in the – was it Georgia when he lost in Oklahoma in the, in the playoff? So he lost to Georgia. Like, 
Georgia, that team wasn't Georgia's defense as it is now, but Kirby Smart had them just a little bit tougher. Right. And so until he gets to that point where he has, we can out-tough you, then I don't know. And I, I haven't seen that yet. I think they're like they're not getting gashed on defense like they did last year, where you're like, all right, well, they clearly just want to get Caleb the ball back, and <laughs> we'll take their chances like holding this team to a field goal. But they're they're better there. But I don't know when you play Oregon, when you play Washington, you know, like are those teams going to expose you mm-hmm. a little bit more? And Colorado could be the test this week. I don't think Colorado can stop them at all. I don't think that that's going to happen. But I do think that Colorado can score on them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a gauntlet. Uh, do you give any – I mean, again, I think we'll find out more about in the coming weeks. Do you give any credence to what Oklahoma's done so far? Yes, I do. I do. If they um, – and if they just don't have the playmakers they've had in the past right. as far as – there's not a C.D. Lamb walking through the door right mm-hmm. now. They're good, um, but they don't have, you know, just all these weapons at every point. They're efficient. Um they look to me like a better version of Clemson right now. Okay. So Clemson, like they have better playmakers than Clemson, but Clemson, that's their thing. They cannot, and Garrett Riley's doing a great job, in spite of what everybody will say, of he did a great job against FSU. He's done a great job week to week of, look, they're not going to beat anybody over the top, but they can be efficient all the way down and, and, and out physical you. Oklahoma looks like they can maybe be a little bit better than that, but their defense and Brent Venables. Um, he's turned it around. He's yeah. certainly turned it around because if you had told me last year that Oklahoma had two games where they scored 28 and 20 and they won both of them, I'd been like, no, not no way, because this team can't stop anybody. They can't stop anybody. And, um, and 28 points isn't like a low amount of points generally, but, mm-hmm. yeah, they wouldn't have won a game where they just scored 28 last year. They wouldn't right. have. And, yeah, I, I do think that something's good. Like, they might be – Stinky good. Now, again, Texas comes up next week, and so we'll see. Like, we'll see where they are. Can you hold that Texas offense enough in check to make that a a place where you can win the game in the fourth quarter? Because I don't don't think anybody, if you beat Texas, you're not going to steamroll them. Like, you're not going to get – like, you're not going to jump out in Texas and beat them 31 to – 31 to to 6. Like, that's not going to happen. You're going to have to keep them in check enough to where you're, you're trading blows. You know, and I don't know if there's this team like that left on Texas' schedule, including Oklahoma, just basically that Oklahoma has played to this point right. and the kind of games they have played. But if they can make Texas play their style, then yeah, it's on. Any one, I guess the one loss teams would just be LSU at this point that we think could LSU, be hot and make a run. Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. You know, right. I, I think Notre Dame could, could reasonably get hot because that would mean they're beating, you know, Clemson and USC and all that and, and might have earned their win. Look, they the way that they lost that game, like, do I think Ohio State is they're not it, ten points better than No, nature. they're Ohio State is like that was a those two evenly matched teams playing to the very, very, very end. So um I I still tend to maybe think that Bama, because of who they are, could be back in it. I yep. but all all the rest no. I mean, like, there's still some undefeated teams that if they get hot could wind up in it, Miami or North Carolina. But even that, still, I don't think that they're there yet, mm-hmm. um, both of those teams, especially given who they have left and who they have to beat to get in the playoff if you're North Carolina. So um, I think – I mean, Miami Miami still has to play Florida State, uh, among others, and, and North, Carolina, North Carolina and Miami play each other. So one of those teams is going to kind of eliminate the other, other one. Yeah. Uh, down the line, so, um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's some teams that could, but we're whittling it down already. Yeah, you know, when you come to four, now, let's fast forward a year from now, and we're talking twelve team playoff. I wouldn't even bring this topic up right. because it's yeah. be it's third way through the season. Yeah, it's third way through the season. But right now, when you're talking about four teams that are going to make it, you know, Georgia and Michigan right now, but they haven't either been challenged. No, they haven't. But we'll see. And Georgia's not going to get that. That's it. Georgia's. Somebody might try sneak up and, and play really well against them, but their schedule is not great. Yeah. You know, they've you know, they've already played one of the tougher teams on their schedule at South Carolina, and that's not saying much for the rest of their schedule. So um yeah, they technically close with four ranked teams, but it's the the four that are ranked at the bottom of the top twenty five <laughs> right now. So let's see if any of those four are there by that time. Yeah. So anyway, well Steven, always appreciate you coming in. Enjoy Thank it. You, Paul. Uh listen to Locked On. 
Horn frogs. Horn frogs. I keep wanting to say locked on TCU, but I think the Google machine would take you there if you yeah, did that. Yeah, but locked on horn frogs uh, every day for about thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. That's the sweet spot. Easy listen. Yeah, it's an easy listen. It's it's, it's smooth jazz of TCU <laughs> <laughs> of that. Uh, and tomorrow we will be live in Orlando at Burger U. I'm very excited about that. Uh, we'll be in Orlando all weekend long for Baylor and UCF. I'm so happy to meet so many of the UCF fans that have. Uh, watch the channel and uh, enthusiastically support us. So we'll be out there and uh, come have some grub and uh, beer with us. So it's going to be fun. Uh, I do have on Friday, I have UCF running back Storm Johnson is going to come by. So Big time guess. I would think, here's the deal. In UCF circles, there's only one guy bigger, and that's Bortles, right? Mm, yeah, probably so. So, you know, maybe. And they're, they're all going to be in town, so who knows? Who knows who I can Blake will stop by too. Who, who knows who's going to wander in? And I'll be like, hey, come here. Be on the podcast. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun on Friday uh, at, uh, at uh, Bounce House Social there. So uh, if you're in Orlando, make plans to come out and see us. That's going to do it for us. Thanks a lot, everybody. This is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get